So most of us can probably agree. It's just straight up more fun to be there for live Ravens football. And when you need tickets, Ticketmaster's got you covered. As the official resale ticket marketplace of the Ravens, Ticketmaster has a wide selection of fully verified resale tickets. Their interactive seat map gives you 360-degree previews of your section to make sure you have the best view of those pivotal plays. And mobile tickets make getting in on game day a breeze. You can even customize your Ticketmaster app to rep your team's colors. Plus, if your plans change, Ticketmaster gives you more flexibility to sell or transfer your tickets. So do yourself a favor and find verified resale tickets today by visiting Ticketmaster.com forward slash Ravens. Ravens Browns post game live stream is underway across all of our platforms. Welcome in. I'm Bobby Trossick, joined by my co host and partner, Sarah Ellison. This episode is brought to you by our friends at Cybertech. More on them in just a bit. But this was a thumping in Cleveland. The Ravens bounce back with a 28 to 3 victory. They improve to 3 and 1 overall through four weeks of football. Now turn their attentions to Pittsburgh, which we'll do later on. We'll have a full AFC North report. But first, we begin with the epic clear out. Look at this. Gianna Hahn, <laughs> locally here in Baltimore, captured that the uh, Cleveland Brown Stadium. Yeah, it cleared out rapidly with just over five minutes to go. And the Ravens bounce back in a big way, Sarah, in a lot of ways. Most notably, Roquan Smith backed up the big talk that he spoke throughout the week. And the Ravens get a convincing victory uh, with no Deshaun Watson, which we'll get into in just a bit, but your first impression right off the top. Oh yeah. Roquan backed it up. Cause he's a dog. He is a dog <laughs> along with all these Ravens. I, I didn't expect this outcome. I expected it to go be much tighter. I think we both predicted that I knew it was going to be a defensive um, game, which the Ravens held good on. Uh, as you said, they are missing their starting quarterback and their starting running back, so that's going to have an effect on things. But this defense has been nasty, has been filthy through four weeks. They just became more filthy today uh, with a hampered Browns offense. But what I wasn't expecting more than anything was this Ravens offense. Bobby, in the first four drives, the Ravens offense wasn't getting anything done, which is what I expected against the league's number one defense. Um, but then suddenly, Lamar Jackson and Todd Munkin figured out the run game. This is a defense that only gave up 52 yards uh, per game on the ground coming into this. The Ravens finished with... Let's see, over 131 yards on the ground. Lamar Jackson was excellent. We'll get into that. The way he took care of this aggressive, very aggressive defense. And I think the Ravens used the aggressiveness uh, against them, against the Browns. They figured it out. And uh, yeah, now the Ravens are 3-1 and one overall. They are 2-0 and oh in the division. Not only did they just thump the Browns by 25, but the Steelers and Bengals, they also each lost by 24 points to, today. Um, one against the Houston Texans, who the Ravens, you know, beat not as soundly, but certainly beat them. So they lost by 24, the other against the, the Titans. So now here are your AFC North standings. Ravens solely in first place, three and one. Steelers, two and two. Browns, two and two. And the Bengals, one and three. It's a beautiful day in Baltimore. 
Here's John Harbaugh at the podium a short while ago in Cleveland. Well, it's a good start. I mean, it's a good start. You know, we've had these, we've got uh, all these uh, AFC North road games on our schedule right away, and and that's an opportunity. And our guys have taken advantage of that so far. Now we're going to go to Pittsburgh next week. So in you know, 24 hours, and then we got to get locked in on Pittsburgh because we're going to have to be a better football team than we were this week to go to Pittsburgh and win next week. And that'll be that'll be our goal and our mission. And it was a big mission accomplished, if you will, for John Harbaugh, who picked up his 150th career victory in the NFL. Of course, year 16, do the math on that here in Baltimore. And how about this? The Ravens Productions account went deep into the archives. On the left-hand side, the first career win right there with T-Sizzle and Ray Lewis. And then on the right today, October 1st, 2023. This will give our OG Ravens fans who've been around for the better half of, well, it's almost two decades at this point. Um, this will give them the chills. This, this hits right in the feels right here, Sarah, and I'm sure you're probably among those. Yeah, man, I don't think it's any um, secret that I really, really appreciate John Harbaugh. I, I like the coach that he is. I'm, I'm, I feel grateful that we have him. That doesn't mean that he's without his, his um, you know, warts and things like that. But this is just like one of those days where it's like the storm comes before, you know, you can have some nice, clear skies and beautiful weather because John Harbaugh um, was a major reason why the Ravens lost last week. Right. I mean, there were lots of reasons, but he was a major reason with the failed, you know, game management. Uh, yeah, the game management, the, the the fair catch, he didn't call a timeout, all that kind of stuff. And, you know, the Ravens could be sitting here for and oh, they're not. Uh, he's certainly not the only reason, but. Again, it's kind of like, to me, I put him in the category of Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson, you can certainly pick him apart. He certainly has things he needs to work on. We're also going to get into that uh, ball management. And not just little things, but like big things that need to be fixed. Same thing with John Harbaugh. When you, but when you take a step back, 150 wins, the Ravens have at their head coaching position a um, very likely Hall of Famer. Uh, he could seal it if he goes all the way this year, obviously. Uh, but 150 wins, that's not something that you just get lucky at, okay? You definitely need good players, 1,000%. Nobody's winning 150 games without good players, so that's not to say it's all John Harbaugh, but he is a big reason for it. The culture, the w the winning ways, despite injuries, all that kind of stuff, he is an excellent head football coach, and 150 wins show that. Let's take a look at how the Ravens did it today. If you're just joining us, thanks for being with us here in this post-game live stream. We're simulcasting across all platforms. Please like the video if you haven't already done so, only if you're enjoying the content, and consider subscribing to both channels as well. You see the statistics on the left, and for the audio-only folks, we'll, we'll display those and talk about them in just a second. But on the right-hand side is something I love from our guy, Spencer Schultz, an observation that he had in terms of this marriage, this marriage that we've talked about. Marriage is difficult. I can't speak from firsthand experience, okay? I've never <laughs> been married, but I know it's difficult, and there's ups and downs and peaks it's and valleys. It's also awesome it's if you awesome. have the right person, but go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> if you have the right person, there shouldn't be any of those. No, of course, there's always going to be those. It's just life. But Spencer's observation, I thought, was perfect. Today was a perfect marriage of Munkins spreading the field and giving Lamar pre-snap answers slash time while building on Roman's power run game. Why they had to make a change and made the right one. There's a lot more to the game than, than just that, of course, because it was defensive brilliance. We'll get to that, Sarah. But Lamar looked comfortable. 
His accuracy and pinpoint accuracy, I might add, was spectacular. His security blanket is not only back, but he's available and healthy. And I'm talking about 89, Mark Andrews. There, Zay Flowers continues to be dynamic in the vertical passing attack and the improv and something that we've grown to see over the years with, with Lamar and Mark, this street ball, right? This improv, this backyard football. You're seeing that type of a new layer with Zay and Lamar. And I just thought it was, especially in the first half, just utter, utter dominance with except, you know, there's, of course, there's a couple exceptions, but a pretty dang good first half. And perhaps one of the best I've seen to date from Lamar as a sheer passer. I can't wait to get more into Lamar. Before I do that, I'd also want to comment on Spencer's tweet here because I think it was right on. And I think it actually talks to the point that we covered this week, Bobby, when uh, Ryan Clark and some others on ESPN said it's the same, it's the same offense. And, and like, you could say that if you focus on one part of the offense for sure, like you're not going to get rid, the Ravens are not going to get rid of their rushing attack. And that was never promised. It was always a promise, as you said, of a marriage between the run game and the pass game. And it was also definitely promised from the Ravens, not outsiders, outsiders, you know, may have promised more, but never from the Ravens. It was always promised from Munkin and Lamar himself that Lamar would have the keys of the offense. We saw that once again today. You rarely saw where you felt like Lamar had the keys of the offense under Greg Roman. What you will see still left over from Greg Roman is this power rushing attack, as we talked about. So if you want to say, hey, it's the same offense, well, there's some truth to that in that they're still going to be running. Lamar still had two rushing uh, rushing touchdowns today. The Ravens still put up 131 yards rushing against the number two rushing defense up to this point. That being said, the, the difference is Lamar throwing two uh, passing touchdowns. Lamar having complete control. Lamar against Miles Garrett and this defense that loves to attack. Lamar was up there. As Spencer said, he had the time to make calls in the beginning. It took him a minute. Again, those first four drives, it took him a minute. But eventually, Lamar and Munkin figured it out together and adjusted, and that's just not what you saw last year. So excellent comment from Spencer there. Here's John Harbaugh on his QB1's performance here in week four. I mean, Lamar, that you top rate against this this defense, you know, it was really a challenge. And Lamar kept his poise. He was he was running the show out there. He was the point guard. He was the general. He was making the calls, making the changes, handling the, the, the shot clock. I just thought he played a, a fantastic football game. Here are the numbers on LJ8 QB1. 15 of 19 in the passing category, 186 yards, two touchdowns. He was sacked a few times, uh, a passer rating of 142.5. And on the ground, nine carries, 27 yards, two touchdowns, a long of 10. He was surgical. And here it is, too. I'll let you take this one since this was your tweet. I love the photo from Ravens Productions, too, because that one, that was the 40-plus yard bomb to Zay, where, like I was mentioning earlier on in our opening segment, that was sheer improv. Let, okay, I'm going to be flushed out of the pocket. Okay, all right, I'm going to try and make something work here. I'm going to go off to the right-hand side, buy Zay time, and instead of Zay just sticking to his route, he's going to get creative as well. He's going to find a way to get open outside the numbers. Bang, bang, extend the drive. That is the combination right there of electricity that so many Ravens fans are fired up about, and you should be because they're both South Florida boys doing what they do out there on a national stage. One 
thousand percent. I completely agree with you. That's one of the reasons why Lamar and Mark Andrews have so much success together. And Mandrews had a fantastic day. We'll get into that. But what I like seeing from Zay on that play, and this is actually for all the criticism that we give him and he left and all that, but Mar- Marquise Hollywood Brown, he had that chemistry with Lamar when things broke down. In fact, he was against the Browns or some of the like most exciting plays when things ro- broke down and they were able to uh, make some magic happen. But that I love seeing that evolution with Zay. We've seen Lamar and Zay already connect, obviously, several times. I believe Zay... Uh, Zay probably leads the team in targets. I haven't even looked, but I'm, I feel pretty confident that that's the case with, by watching with my eyes. So to see that happen, that, that Zay and him could have that chemistry when it wasn't the first or second read and things start to break down. Um, but, but man, Lamar in this game, Bobby, this is what I was nervous about is this defense. And then at the time when I even made this, when we made our predictions and we predicted the Ravens would win, we did it thinking that Ronnie Stanley would be back because we made those predictions. He had practiced two days in a row, and I'm like, okay, this is trending the right direction with uh, Linderbaum. It wasn't until after we made our predictions that we found out, okay, Linderbaum was a go, but not Stanley. Then in the middle of the game, the Ravens lose Morgan Moses. Um, ugh, feels like every game we're losing somebody, but we're also getting people back on top of that. He does not have Odell Beckham Jr. He does not have Rashad Bateman. And then he's still, and then he's pulled out early. But he still has four touchdowns on the day. Four. Four touchdowns against the number one defense. A 78.9 completion percentage. Get out of here. That is fair. We already knew that it was one of the best in the NFL coming into it. 142.8 passer rating. Just an excellent day. It was not without its warts which I love about Lamar himself. He was asked after the game by Jamison Hensley from ESPN. He said, Lamar, 28 points against the number one defense in the Browns. Do you feel like the offense made a statement today? Lamar Jackson's response was right on. He said to the question of if they made a statement, no, not really. It still has room to grow for us. We're still building. We had mishaps on the field. We had a fumble on the field and gave the ball back to the defense. Then he, then he complimented his own defense for stopping him anyway. Then he went on and say, quote, I feel like we left points on the board. Every week we've been leaving points on the board by little miscommunications and mishaps. We just need to keep focusing and get better. But I feel like we got the W, so we played pretty good. Now here's the the the... A snapshot, Bobby, for the audio people that can't see it. I, I took a screen grab of the of the bad exchange between Lamar and Justice Hill. I cannot, um, I cannot. What's the word I'm looking for? Exempt either one of these guys for blame on it. And, the, and by the way, this is like the the this is Lamar bringing this up, right? We're going to focus on the on all the good he had, but this is why he's saying it's not it's not a statement because they're leaving points on the board. I don't know what happened, but when the I need to go back and look at it, but when Lamar turned around, I don't know if it was Lamar or Justice's fault, but it felt like they were like miles apart, okay? They were miles apart. So already the footwork from one of the two was off or the alignment was off from one of the two. And then usually cuz what you'd like to see from Lamar's end is something right in the tummy, like straighten in the tummy. And this is more kind of like, oh, I'm reaching, trying to get it out to him. So I don't know why they were so off. And then once it hits him, like Justice Hill's arms isn't even there. 
So I don't know who had the misalignment, if it was both of them, but it wasn't a good handoff. You can't exempt either one of them from blame. But luckily, the Ravens offense, again, against such a stout defense, was able to overcome. Yeah, my first reaction watching it live, then a couple replays, listening to Charles Davis, the CBS analyst, was that Lamar came in high, you know, with this. Mm -hmm. Maybe he thought, of course, he knew that Justice was in his backfield, but I think Gus is a little bit more, uh, a little taller than, than Justice, but I'm sure we'll... Yeah, it's up for interpretation in a sense. He said we, right? And and so you you move on. And it was a slow start. It was a very slow start, matter of fact. And you're thinking, oh boy, is Cleveland's defense going to basically will this team to staying in it? And eventually it just, look, DTR, Dorian Thompson, Robinson is just, he's in over his head, right? It was a last minute change. Yes, he got to, to, to win, uh, to win. He didn't get to win anything today, really. The only thing that's going to be winning <laughs> for DTR is the ice bath that he's going to have coming up, and it's going to hit different, I would imagine, because they came at him early and often. He was a deer in the headlights. It's his first career start, right? He, it's He's thrust in here. Maybe all week long he knew that there was a chance of this happening, but the Ravens feasted on him. And something I talked about in the pregame is John Harbaugh's career historical dominance going up against rookie quarterbacks. And that certainly was, there was no exception to that today whatsoever. Let me take a quick, quick pause in our conversation to tell you about today's post game show exclusive sponsor. And that is our friends at CyberTech, a next generation local recruiting, resourcing and outsourcing firm, a new way to acquire resources, whether you're in need of new hires, contingent staff, or just seeking to outsource a business or technical function. CyberTech is the organization for you. If you're in need of resources and candidates and don't have the time to sift through dozens of resumes, CyberTech is a company that really understands your needs and presents candidates that are not in the open market within 48 hours. CyberTech has over 40 years of combined experience in working with some of the largest organizations in the Baltimore area and nationally. So if it piques your interest, you'll have a chance to meet myself, Sarah, and the CyberTech team for an introduction. Just get started by sending an email to the one that we have included in the description of this video below. And thank you to Cybertech. Go ahead, Sarah. Oh, so you were talking about um, Robinson, who, holy moly, what a rough day. It was funny because at one point the, the camera showed Deshaun Watson on the sideline. I think it was actually after the Geno Stone interception. Um, but even even Deshaun Watson, he has like the card, the, the card in his hand, like he's a coach and he just is like, like, it was a rough, rough day. And if it was rough for Deshaun Watson, Imagine it for DTR, right? It was just, yeah. I mean, it was just only 13 first downs. They were four for 16, 16 on third down, net yards 166. It, it just, oh, just, just rough, rough, no touchdowns. And as Jameson Hensley tweeted, the Ravens were a 53 yard field goal away from a shutout. I don't know why these kickers, I think these kickers are trying to like one up Justin Tucker. He must inspire them because these 50 yard plus field goals are coming in strong against the Ravens. But uh, this was the first time since 20, the 2020 season finale that Baltimore didn't allow a touchdown in an AFC North road game. Okay. This is on the road. It was the first time since 2012 that the Ravens didn't allow a touchdown in Cleveland. And that was Brandon Whedon was the Browns QB back then. So uh, just a, and here's the thing, like with Robinson DTR, um, it was a brutal day, but he was also super careless, which is what a rookie typically does. The Ravens ended with, was it three interceptions? Hamilton got one at the end. Stone got one. 
And oh, Steven, Steven said the one where it was like, his he looked career. like he was his first career where it looked like he was just going to like lay there and was satisfied being touched. He was probably gassed, but he's like, okay, nobody's around. So here I go. And then returned it for 50 some odd yards. And that actually uh, led to the Ravens first touchdown. So it was just a oh, brutal day for that, that uh, Browns offense and DTR. The numbers do not lie here. Four total sacks for Baltimore's defense, 10 tackles for loss, 10 pass deflections, one of which was Kyle Van Noy, who stepped right in as you'd expect, <laughs> much like Jason Pierre-Paul did a year ago, the week of him being signed, and clearly impacted this game. So that was great to see. Eight total quarterback hits for this defense. It was ferocious. It was relentless. And it's one that is quite literally statistically not only atop the league right now, or at least you know the, the top half of the league, Sarah, but they are keeping they're they're putting such um they're putting the offense in a position for success week in and week out and alleviating pressure. Right. And so that's just we haven't been able to say that over the last couple of years because of the amount of injuries. Mike McDonald deserves a ton of credit. Their leader and agent zero, Roquan Smith. Deserves a ton of credit. We'll get to him in just a second. He's rejoining us inside the vault this week. That conversation will be available tomorrow at a to-be-determined time, which we're super fired up about because of the content that you're about to listen to and a little bit of, of why he was box office yet again. Stop us if you've you've heard that before. Uh, but but I wanted to, to single out this one. I, I emboldened it in our notes, in our script here, because at one point, so the Browns gave up 81 rushing yards total the last two mm -hmm. weeks entering this afternoon. At one point in the first half, with time left up on the board, the Ravens had 93. So mm. it, it was utter domination from the jump. They established the dominance in the trenches. Yes, the offensive line wasn't perfect. Patrick McCarry had his hands full with Miles Garrett, clearly. Okay, he hung in there tough, but he had his hands full. At, at one point in the game, you're thinking to yourself, they might have to take Lamar out early because you can't <laughs> risk with this kind of lead. And they did. Tyler Huntley Which got a few did. minutes at the yeah. end. But in the third quarter, I'm thinking to myself, like, get him out, man. This game's <laughs> over. And Patrick's having a tough time with what we all know is a defensive player of the year caliber kind of guy in Miles Garrett. Uh, but I just I wanted to mention that because the ground game led by Gus Justice looked like he had bursts coming off the turf toe. It was great to see. How about the feathery throw from Lamar to Melvin Gordon? That was just a thing of beauty, even on the Nelson Aguilar throw that where, and of course, Mark Andrews touchdowns too. the one where he, he, he basically mossed a couple DBs there in Cleveland, <laughs> but even the, the one that Nelson couldn't get his feet, two feet in Lamar's pinpoint accuracy right now. He looks so comfortable and he's dialing it up for these guys and spreading the wealth around. It's been a lot of fun to watch. Oh man, I don't even know where to pick up from there. Okay, first of all, let's go I through this rushing. So I know it was good though. So uh, Gus Edwards finished with 48 yards, talking about the rushing game. Justice Hill, 33 yards. So I feel like even though it's just 33 yards, I feel like Justice Hill is an important element to this offense because as we talked about with Greg Roman, I felt like last week or Greg Roman, Todd Munkin being able to like uh, attack all like both width and depth. And I feel like Justice Hill is key to that. I feel like when you don't have speed, you yeah. can't attack the edges. Gus Edwards, fantastic up the middle. 
so reliable up there, but then you need that complement with speed because neither one of these two guys are like that all, you know, all around running back. That's like your bell cow. And that's fine. You don't need that. And so I felt like last week they were missing that, missing the speed element. And Drake wasn't bringing that. Gordon isn't going to bring it at his at his age, even though Gordon, I felt like today had, you know, a good game. You talked about that. Oh, my gosh. Just the chef's yeah. kiss touch pass to Gordon. And, and Gordon finished with 21 yards on the ground. And um, he had the 23, yeah, 23 receiving. Um, and so, and so I love that from Hill and I'm very curious. I'm not sure if he's going to be able to get in while Hill is healthy, but I am interested in, in Keaton Mitchell. Like what could his speed bring? Right? Like just all these different elements from the rushing game. Um, and then also from the rushing game, this was hilarious. How about Lamar Jackson? Where do I have that screen grab here? Lamar Jackson jumped on the bus <laughs> for his second rushing touchdown, his first rushing touchdown, completely untouched. This is another one of those where they use the aggressiveness against them. Miles Garrett started coming around the edge. He had no time. Lamar went right up the middle. Excellent blocking. I think Morgan Moses at the time. You've got Tyler Linderbaum. Great to have him back. And by the way, Mustafer played well in his absence, but Mustafer Mustafer also needed help. You don't have to help Linderbaum the way you need to help Mustafer. And so just completely untouched on his first rushing touchdown. Then on this one, he's just as perfect. He's he's like letting Gus know where he wants to go, but it looks like he's going for a ride there at the end. Gus takes the blocker. Lamar is able to go up the middle again. I mean, he's just so deadly up the middle. Yeah, the the they the Ravens definitely found something that clearly worked. And I felt like Lamar, to your point, went on this tear in the second quarter from that Zay Flowers 43-yarder, the teardrop pass to Melvin Gordon, the the Nelson Aguilar one, as you mentioned. Nelson, by the way, should have had the second foot in. That wasn't like a, oh, that would have been tough to do. And again, it is tough. But from an NFL pro level, yes. he had a huge step to go out of bounds um, so he should have had it in, but luckily Lamar found Mark Andrews in the back of the end zone. Mark Andrews felt like he climbed, climbed a ladder. I honestly couldn't yeah. believe he caught that when the ball went off. I was like, cause Lamar did throw that a little bit late <clears throat> and maybe it's because there was pressure, but he threw it a little bit late, which allowed the Browns defenders to come in on, on Mark Andrews, but he still went up and got it. And, and you know what? It's kind of like what Munkin said, Bobby Munkin said, that for the first time in about five weeks, he saw in this week leading up to this yes. game, Mark Andrews finally at 100%. Woo, did we see it not only in that Moss touchdown, but also on the one where Lamar, holy moly, threw it across field. And then Mark Andrews caught it and probably won another 25, 30 yards of yak. It was a great, great day to have Andrews back. Uh, and it's just crazy that they had that much success between Mandrews and Zay, a little bit of Duvernay sprinkled in. Aguilar could have had more. But that, again, I just just imagine with OBJ and Bateman in there too. Yeah, actually, Mark finished with a game high in receiving yards, five receptions, 80 yards, two touchdowns. He was targeted five times. Very efficient for the combo, right, that we've grown accustomed to seeing between Lamar and Mark. And here is Lamar talking about that, that one play in the corner of the end zone. How he fitted in there is beyond me and how Mark went up and got it and the concentration 
that was required to go up and get it and moss like three DBs was something else. Oh, absolutely. Uh, we, I had to pay attention to the, the corner. You know, he was in the flat, but I, I believe if I had to try to shoot it, shoot it to Mark, um, he could have made a play on it, probably intercepted it. So I just gave Mark a shot and he did the rest. And how great was this too on a pretty bang, bang play where Lamar had to go get a first down. He knew he had it. He flushed out to the right, lots of space. And instead of doing what, probably something he would have done earlier in his career, maybe forcing the issue and trying to pick up like a big time chunk play. He just wanted to get that one yard or two yards or whatever it was. And, and a, because he was an eligible man, right at that point, he did get popped pretty good on the sideline and he's on Cleveland's sideline. So there's literally an army of Browns Lamar's on the ground. I don't think anything extracurricular was happening per se, but 89 didn't like when his guy was being stood over by an army of these dudes. And so what does he do? Not only does he come over and make sure that Lamar is good, he gets his, you know what, right in there, mixes it up. It's great to see a fiery Mark Andrews back. If you saw him after the first touchdown, if you saw him throughout the game, he was emotional. He was fired up. That fires me up because his competitive spirit, his toughness, the way that he catches footballs and picks up yak yards across the middle, he gets hit like no other in the midsection everywhere. He's as tough as nails, and he when he's out there, the complexion of this offense is straight up different. Operationally, eye test, you name it, it's just different, and it's great to have him back out there. Bobby, I don't remember which day it was, but I had an episode where I had a bone to pick with Lamar's teammates the win when the Colts defender, I'm now uh, forgetting his name now, but Lamar was tackled, and he had Jair his leg. Alexander. And then he, thank you. Alexander and then like he he like flipped him and then Lamar you know stood up and like you know kind of got in his face helmet to helmet and I'm like where's the rest of the Ravens defenders where's the Ryan Jensen mojo I was pretty ticked off about that Mark Andrews I hope he saw that and was like not anymore and like you said I don't know that there was anything dirty going on over there from the Browns to Lamar but I don't care your quarter got your quarterback got popped as you said they're all standing over him thank you Thank you, Mark Andrews. Shoney has his quarterbacks back. This is not gonna, that's not gonna fly around here. And I love that about Mandrews. He has Lamar's back. I always feel like he has Harbaugh's back. He's always got his teammates back. And he is just an enforcer out there. Get up off of my quarterback. And I'm glad I saw it. And I want to see more guys have that attitude. I'm sorry, I misspoke too. Jair Alexander plays for Green Bay. I knew it was something <laughs> along the lines of uh, Zaire. Zaire Franklin, Zaire Franklin. There for we Indianapolis. Go. I thought it with an F. I just, yeah. I just inexplicably dragged and caught, you know, um, Zaire, <laughs> Zaire Alexander's catching strays for me in green Bay for no reason. It was, it was, um, Zaire Franklin. So anyway, yeah. And Chris was right on, right. You ask and you shall receive. And that's exactly what, uh, what you got there, Sarah. Yeah. Yeah. Got it. Okay. Let's flip over now. Let's flip over to the defensive side. Unless you have anything else on offense. We got to go to defense. I want to make sure we're good here with Mark. want to make sure we gave him his due diligence. I think we're good content wise. So let's switch over to the big dogs. Let's go to the defensive side of the football. Where do you want to go? I want to go to Roquan. I want to go to it <laughs> right now. Hold on. I'm bringing it up. Okay. So we obviously covered, um, at length, Roquan's comments on Wednesday's pressure. We show it on Wednesday. We talk about it Wednesday evening. We have it on our Thursday morning vault. 
And we love it, right? It's gold. We love everything he says. Yeah, they call it a dog pound. Okay, well, I consider myself a dog. Then he says, um, you know, that they were that he was asked if he likes to be the villain, kind of like uh, Terrell Suggs used to like to be. He's like, well, look, anytime you go over to somebody else's house, you know, you're playing in Cleveland. We call these stadiums their house, right? And their fans, their wives, their children are all there. So, yeah, you're going to be the bad guy because you want to go in there and whoop their tails in front of them. Now, some people. Yes. Sorry, I hate to get in the way of of your flow, but can we just play the clip for context just in case people were busy this week? Sure, let's play it. Okay. Here it is. We're going back to playing the villain role on the road. It seems like that's something that you relish. I know when Terrell Sutter was here, you always talk about it, like being the bad guy in Earth Stadiums. Is that villain role something that, that you kind of race when you go into these road atmospheres? Uh, I definitely, uh, you know, think about that. But at the end of the day, you're considered the bad guy because you're going into essentially another man's house and you're trying to take over, like his wife, kids, everyone there to watch them. So you we going over to beat their tails in front of their wife and kids. So when you think about it from that perspective, like any man's going to, you know, fight to the death at that point. I know if that's me in that case, I know I would. So uh, I think about it from that standpoint, and I'm just going in, you know, just like I prepare for any other game, play to the whistle, play physical and hit anything that move. So sorry, continue. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, um, some people just took that one quote. I didn't think it was too egregious to take the quote. I feel like the quote speaks for itself. It's like, hey, I'm a beast. But you could take that quote and make it seem like he's trying to take a dig at people and their families and all of that. And I don't I don't think that's the case at all. I think it's it's kind of like when you say I'm going to go to war. Okay, football is not war. It's violent, but it's not war. But we all take that as as like we get what you're saying. To me, I totally got what 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 Roquan was saying, but it was still like beastly words, right? It's like it's like it's row, it's row. It's not it's not trying to like go after people's families. Literally, it's like, hey, we're gonna go. We're going into Cleveland. We're playing in front of them. We're going to their house, and we're gonna try to beat their tails there. So yeah, you're the villain, no matter what, doing that. So anyway. Uh, not surprisingly, the Browns reporters take it in the locker room to get their reaction. The reaction from Jeremiah Awuso Koromoa. Hopefully, I've said that right. You nailed that. Can, I, can we just yes. can we pause for a second? You absolutely nailed that name. Not only is he a filthy linebacker, but that is a heck of a football name right there. And you just rocked it. Yes, we needed to take a moment because I usually mess them up all the time. So, you know, there's there's a low standard here. Uh, but anyway, he says, quote, no freaking way. There's no way he said that. It's, I think he meant poster. It's post board material, I guess, locker room material. Okay. So then he admits he didn't hear the whole interview, just the part about beating the tails oh, in front of their wow. wives and kids. Okay. Yeah. The whole yeah. Interview, huh? yeah. 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 The headline. Uh, and but he said, but uh, and this is Mary Kay Cabot who's reporting on this, very good reporter out there. Um, and she says that he kind of said, well, any little bit of extra fire helps. And then he went on to say, guys say things, they're able to push themselves out there in a certain way. And I guess that's the way he wants to be presented. But I leave it to the offense to deal with. All right. Well, maybe he didn't know at the time that he was going to be missing his starter quarterback, but the offense didn't deal with Roquan. Roquan dealt with them. Roquan indeed is a dog. Roquan indeed went into your house, meaning your stadium, and indeed beat all these football players in front of their families, just like it happens in all stadiums. He is a dog. Bobby, 
when Roquan goes out there and he tackles somebody, he's not out there just to put you on the ground. He's out there to punish you. And again, I don't mean to say that's not crossing the line. He's not dirty. He's not dirty, and he's not he, – he plays within the rules. But let me tell you something. Within the rules, he is filthy. The way he would yep. tackle people, he took off the wide receiver's helmet. He's like, oh, you're not going to go down on the first hit? Here we go. Take this. Or when he goes in to hit a quarterback, you are going to feel it on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. He's a dog, and he delivered and backed up everything he said. Here's his coach talking about agent zero. He sets the tone. Uh, he did set the tone this week. And, you know, the thing I love about, about Roe is he's, 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 he's Roe. You know, he's himself. He's his best version of himself. He's honest. He's straightforward. Uh, he's a man of character. And he's a leader, you know. And he backs it up. And he backs it up. And that's what he did. And, and all the guys had his back. And, you know, as a coach, you're going to be proud of that. So most of us can probably agree. It's just straight up more fun to be there for live Ravens football. And when you need tickets, Ticketmaster's got you covered. As the official resale ticket marketplace of the Ravens, Ticketmaster has a wide selection of fully verified resale tickets. Their interactive seat map gives you 360-degree previews of your section to make sure you have the best view of those pivotal plays. And mobile tickets make getting in on game day a breeze. You can even customize your Ticketmaster app to rep your team's colors. Plus, if your plans change, Ticketmaster gives you more flexibility to sell or transfer your tickets. So do yourself a favor and find verified resale tickets today by visiting Ticketmaster.com forward slash Ravens. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And are you ready for the ultimate mic drop? Of course, Roquan Smith joined at the press conference as well uh, as one of the key players. Again, we will have him on the vault exclusively tomorrow. That's Monday, October 2nd. Very much looking forward to another conversation with him. But this, this had me ready to run. I'm looking at brick walls to my left, brick to my right, the Maryland flags behind me. I don't know what's more sturdy or hard to run through, but I'm ready to give it my best shot after listening to this today. Honestly, I don't really care like how people take things out of the context. I know what I meant, and the people that's close to me know exactly what I meant by those com- those comments, and it was just the, the way the way I felt about going to uh, war with my brothers. And honestly, if you need bulletin board material in this game, really, to like go play the game a different way, you're playing the game for the wrong reasons. I don't need anybody to say anything for me, because guess what? When I whistle blows, I'm going 100 miles an hour 
all game long, and regardless of what someone wants to say, Rose going to play the same way. I'm dropping an invisible <laughs> mic. I'm in dropping an invisible mic. Anything that wanted to be said by the folks in Cleveland, interpretation-wise, it's over. It's over. He went in there. He backed it up. He played with his hair on fire. Patrick Queen had a phenomenal game as well, knifing through the defensive, uh, the offensive line at times, all over the field, sideline to sideline speed. He's everywhere. Roquan is contagious. He's got an infectious spirit. It's a hell of a performance. And uh, we, again, we cannot wait to have him back on the vault tomorrow. No, I cannot. No, I cannot. I wish we could have him on right now because I feel fired up now. But uh, I'm man, over man. Here. Yeah, I just I just love having him here. And speaking of like, uh, this is a transition here. I remember um, Mike McDonald, who is not effusive, right? He's not. He's a pretty like um, straight face kind of guy. He doesn't want to say anything too big at, at press conferences. Um, and he was asked about Kyle Vanoy coming into the team this week. By the way, Kyle Vanoy, he, he initially signed with the practice squad. Uh, right on Saturday, I believe he was signed to the 53-man roster as they put David Ajabo on injured reserve. We'll get into injuries here uh, in a minute. But um, he said that Kyle Van Noy reminded him of Roquan Smith in terms of how they just came in and right away felt at home. Came in right away, was giving suggestions. Van Noy was like, here's what we should do on third down, yada, yada, yada. It still boggles my mind, Bobby, even though we both expected it because the Ravens needed outside linebacker help and early the younger guys were not sealing the edge um, against the Browns rushing defense. But it still boggles my mind that this man, Kyle Van Noy, and people were coming at me because obviously I love him because he's a BYU guy, uh, but he's also been nothing but reliable and consistent his entire uh, football career. But people are like, oh, you're kind of like – you're kind of fanning a little too hard on Kyle Van Noy. And for sure, I'll do that for BYU guys. But on top of that, I was doing it because I knew he was going to be put in. And he just doesn't fail. That's not what he does. And he comes out there and he makes an impact right away. Right away. He, he like pressures the quarterback. He does what, you know, you... And this is a guy who has not played any training camp. No offseason work. Just working out on his own. Comes in, he's in shape, and are you kidding me? Comes in and has no problem fitting in right away. Was that him? Did he have the past defense? Is that him? Where he? Yeah. Yeah, that he was him. One. Yep. Did he have? Did he have? Uh, he didn't have a sack though, right? He just had no. the, the the QB hit. Yep. Just oh, no, uh, no, no. He, just just a pass deflection. Just the pass deflection. Okay. He. It, I, we gotta wait oh, to sorry. get numbers on pressure. One QB hit. And one QB Okay, hit. I thought he had a QB hit. Okay, okay. Yep. I'm also interested in both his and Jadavian Clowney's um, pressure numbers. Freaking J Jadavian Clowney. I love this signing. I love the Kyle Van Noy signing. They were supposed to be Odafe Owe and David Ajabo, but injuries have stalled that development. No way have I given up on them yet. But how much fortune did the Ravens have that they were able to have both Clowney and Vanoy on the market. I don't know what Vanoy's deal was in the end, but I know Clowney's is very affordable. Kyle, Jadavian Clowney was in the backfield a lot. I can see him to finish the way Rokon Smith finishes. Let's finish these things. But my goodness, I am grateful for the pressure he gets in there. As long as he continues to apply the pressure, to your point that he's 
continuing to do week in and week out now through four weeks, they're going to come. I don't know how many are going to come, but he's being, he's impactful enough to, to the sense that they're, if they're not, if they're not going to come all of a sudden, but the way that he is, and he continues to play the way he is, that to me is, is a win for what you got him at when you got him at it. You know, this is a late addition. This was a relatively cheap addition, all things considered. And yet the guy's been impactful. So I know it's like infuriating and frustrating to to watch him be so, so close, right? But but this guy is, he is impacting the game defensively for them. And it's huge that two guys on the other side of 30 that have been around this league for a long time and Van Noy and Clowney can be this impactful for them while their young guns, Adafe Owe and David Ajabo are down. And you mentioned it a second ago, David Ajabo was placed on IR over the weekend. So he's going to be down and unavailable for at least the next four weeks. Another guy who had an impact on defense, Patrick Queen, grabbed this screen grab of when he came up the middle and just blew by the Browns' offensive line. I'm pretty sure they try to get an extra block on him with the running back there. He's like, what? You A running back? No. Boom, right past him and just nailed, nailed DTR. Just nailed him. Bobby, he moves so ridiculously fast. It's like if you blink, you miss him. There was no chance for DTR to do anything on that play. Nothing but to protect the ball. And to his credit, he did. Because Patrick Queen was through that line so quickly, there was just no time to react whatsoever. Yep. Yep. I tweeted out, it's a refuse to lose Patrick Queen. Like the guy has such a relentlessness and I'm really just super excited for him. The way that we've watched this maturation process unfold after the, the, the after the drafting of Trenton Sipson, after Roquan is paid, right? What has he done? He's put his head down. We've talked about this a couple of times, but it warrants repeat. He's put his head down and acted like the consummate professional off the field and on the field. He's done nothing but perform at a high level. We say it week in and week out. Somebody is going to pay him. You hope he remains in Baltimore. I know a lot of the folks on Ravens Twitter hope that he's going to remain in Baltimore, but he continues to stack performances like this, Sarah. He's going to make himself a whole lot of money coming up next offseason. Whole lot of money. Oh, I hate to even think about him not being here anymore. I mean, the Ravens will be fine. Anybody next to Roquan will be great, but it's not going to be this great. <laughs> not this great. Uh, I sure would like to have him back. All right, Brandon Stevens. Listen, I'm just going to say it. Boy, did I have him underrated. I did not. I was I was not feeling good about Brandon Stevens and whoever was going to be next to him coming into the season. I didn't know if it was going to be Rocky Sin or, or Darby. And we got to get to Darby too. This man. Okay. Okay. This is, I got a tweet up here from PFF. This is Brandon Stevens coming into the game. Okay. This is before his 50-plus yard interception return, okay? Brennan Stevens in single coverage. This is a man who's a former running back. This is a man who has been playing safety and cornerback. This is a man who John Harbaugh said at the beginning of, I believe, training camp that they were going to put Brennan Stevens back at safety, but then all these injuries started happening at corner. So they're like, oh, let me put him back at corner. Okay, so that's the history of this man. In single coverage this season, 30 snaps. This is going into Browns. Four targets, two receptions allowed, 19 yards allowed, one forced incompletion, and a 63.5 passer rating. 
This is a man who gets this interception today, returns it. He did have that 37-yard penalty on the drive following, but I'm telling you, that Bobby, was that was a wonky play. Yeah. I don't know what he I was supposed know. to do. Like The ball was so badly thrown that when he went to go look for it, by then, I, was it was it Cooper who it was on? Yeah, Cooper Amari. had realized that the – yeah, the Amari Cooper was trying to come back to the ball, but – Again, Stevens was assuming the ball was going at least in the correct vicinity. So when he started to look back, he doesn't know that Amari Cooper stopped and was trying to go back the other way. So, yeah, the uh, technically the rule, yeah, he had a pass interference. But I don't know what I would have expected from Stevens. We're all telling him to, hey, play the ball. You know, he, 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 you know, he put his head up so he didn't see that. So, uh, to me, the, the penalty, while it was big and that it was a 37-yarder and it led to – the Browns only points on the board to me. I, I, I have a hard time faulting him for that. He has just been so completely underrated that now I'm wondering what's this going to look like when Marlon Humphrey comes back because Darby Darby had that sweet pass breakup too. Um, he's just been playing off the, off the chain coming in late in training camp and suddenly, and I feel the same way about the outside linebacker in a way. Okay. This is trying to look at things half, glass full with these injuries because it's really hard to like look see that but in a way these early injuries has been good because it forced the Ravens to get clowny it forces them to go get uh Vanoy it forces them to go get Darby it forced them to go get Arthur Mollette who now played nickel today it forced them to go get these extra signings and none of these injuries our season ending that we know of so far, we'll find out about David Ojabo. But then once you start getting these guys back, Marlon Humphrey comes back. What happens when Owe comes back? What happens when these guys start coming back? And now you've had to go sign these, these dogs that right. And, and you've got depth. That's, that's the hope. That's the dream. But man, Brandon Stevens, I personally underrated him. So glad to see him have almost so far through a quarter of the season, this breakout year. I just dropped our guest access link into the live chat. We're going to open things up to you, the viewer, in just a short while. So if you're interested, turn your camera on. It's essentially a FaceTime. We're going to do 30-second limit, limits, basically. Uh, come with a question, and we'll do our best to answer it. So, again, that is that access link is available in the live chat right now. But let's talk about a little bit just related to the injuries. Uh, on the play before the interception, a Daryl Worley, Raven safety, left the field in obvious pain. He spiked his helmet on the sideline. Uh, he, he went to the medical tent and was later ruled out with a shoulder setback. So that's what they're dealing with in the secondary. Morgan Moses, he ended up leaving the game with a shoulder injury. So uh, he was seen in street clothes on the sideline. You had Jalen Armour Davis, who at this point is, is pretty much just handling special team snaps. He left and was ruled out with a hamstring setback. You mentioned Mollett. He was evaluated for a concussion. Did he come back into the game? Yes. Okay. He cleared protocol and he entered okay. back into the game, which was a good sign for the Ravens, obviously, because he's been an important depth piece for them and just playing a variety of different roles in the secondary. Other than that, I think they came out okay. But like we mentioned over the weekend, uh, the Ravens did announce that they've placed David Ajabo on the uh, on injured reserve, which means he is down for at least the next four weeks. They did sign Kyle Van Noy to the 53-man roster, so he will be with the team here for the foreseeable future this year, you would think. And then here's just a look at, and I covered this on the pregame show, but here's a look at yet another week, Sarah, where six key players, 
Odell Beckham Jr., Rashad Bateman, Marcus Williams, Marlon Humphrey, Ronnie Stanley, and Adafi Owe, all key players in their own rights, respectively, all down. As Charles Davis said during halftime, there's not a better team in the NFL that handles the adversity that they've been dealt with in the injury department than the Baltimore Ravens. I thought it was an astute uh, observation, one that we've come all too familiar to, to seeing here in Baltimore over the last couple of years, but you got to give credit where credit is due. Yes, it was a lesser opponent out there today because of no Deshaun Watson. Uh, and yes, or they'll Nick see Chubb. them again, or Nick Chubb, and they'll see them again in November in Baltimore for the second time around. But it's still an NFL team. It's still a top defense. And they found a way to get it done today. That That's my thing. Is it's like, it's one thing to be like, yeah, okay, we only scored three points because we were missing our top running back and top quarterback. I, I I feel like that's legit. Like when the Ravens are missing Lamar, like we all re- like there's no excuses, but at the end of the day, you have to you have to acknowledge that that has an impact. That being said, it was this offense against their defense that I was surprised by. I, I just was so impressed with, with that. And on top of these inactives, Bobby, let's not forget on injured reserve is J.K. Dobbins. Uh, and Keaton Mitchell, Tylen Wallace, or Darius Washington, and Pepe yeah. Williams. So here's my question, though. So, oh, and on the NFI list, let's not forget that. Uh, we got Tyus Bowser, a few other guys there, but Tyus Bowser's the main one. Yep. Tyus Bowser, we have now finished week four. Tyus Bowser is eligible to come back. So that is something to watch this week. Mm-hmm. When did Pepe Williams go on IR? Do you remember? Oh, goodness. No, I feel like up. it was earlier. We'll have to look that up. We'll, we'll we'll verify it. We've got a lot of people in the chat. We'll definitely bring them in. Um, so Keaton Mitchell is one. He's eligible. So we'll see. I don't know that they'll bring him on with, with the guys looking healthy. Uh, but Keaton Mitchell, Pepe Williams, Tyus Bowser, all ones to watch. And from that inactives list, one to watch, obviously two to watch, is Ronnie Stanley, Odell Beckham Jr., Rashad Bateman. I mean, those. who knows how, what Odafe Owe is right now? Um, so could more reinforcements be coming through? It'd be nice. Let's open up things to our guest line here, a new feature that we're providing on our post-game show and through various other live streams where we get to hear from you. We bring you in. It's one of the things I miss, is a, miss about radio. It's like live television this time around. You get a chance to come on and interact with us. We're going to keep it to a 30-second slot just so that we can get to as many people as possible. Let us know where you're tuning in from, uh, what your name is, obviously, and the question that you want us to answer. But before we get there, I just want to make sure we shout out two of our returning patrons. These two are supporting everything we do here inside the vault this month through Patreon. So Greg McCarthy, Michelle Spate, thank you both for believing in what we're building here in Baltimore and beyond. And if you are out there and you're interested in doing the same, maybe you're a small business owner, maybe you're somebody who just wants to throw a couple bucks our way for a monthly shout out, you name it, you can go visit patreon.com forward slash Ravens Vault podcast to learn more about what we're offering. All right, Johannesson, I hope I just pronounced that right, is first. Johannesson or Johannesson? He'll tell us right now. How you doing, brother? Where are you calling in from? I'm calling in from Iceland, man. I'm a huge Ravens fan. Yeah, I'm one of your originals, man. I've been following you from the beginning. So I don't doubt it, man. You guys are overseas. You guys are so loyal. I I spoke to somebody from Germany today uh, who's making the trek over to London in a couple weeks on the pregame show. So it's awesome. Thank you so much. Uh, What do you want to talk about? Uh, I just want to talk about how, how, how much, you know, 
effect the Ravens have on your like psyche. Last week was like a terrible week. I felt like everything was going down the drain in my life. And now I feel <laughs> like I'm on the top of the world, man. And, you know, because I'm going to the, I'm going to the States uh, uh, next Friday and I'll be going to, to the Steelers game. And, uh, and, uh, now I just think this is going to be an awesome game. I, I was thinking last week, oh, I'm going to a terrible game. The Steelers are going to kill us, man. And now I'm like, yeah, we're going to we're going to show them. That's <laughs> so, awesome, yeah. man. But you guys keep, you know, you you help keep keep us, you know, especially you, Sarah, keep us sane. You know, you have like a very sensible <laughs> takes on things when when things <laughs> aren't going correctly. <laughs> oh, I appreciate that. Appreciate the support. Yeah, I, lo- I love you. I love you guys. Keep I'll keep following you from Iceland. And keep Thanks, getting brother. We'll call you because it's on both of our bucket lists. We appreciate you, Johannesson, for tuning in through through Iceland. I, I love that. Hey, Bobby, real quick, I should have told him this. We are finalizing, me and my family, summer of 2024. Oh, we're going to Iceland. We're going oh, to we Iceland. Bring him back in now. Yeah. <laughs> we, you know, I'm on Twitter and Facebook and everything. You just ask anything and I will, like, answer. I will be there to give you anything you need to know about. I, I basically right, Iceland and I, I know everything about everything here. So just let me know. All right. All sounds right. good. Good deal. Same, good go. same, same might go for me. I just don't have any imminent plans. So we'll yeah, be, we'll of be here course, for both of us. Of course. I mean, I don't need to say it, but you, you got, <laughs> you know, you got so many people that are listening to you. So you forget, but I've, I've talked to you a few times and, and I tease you a little bit, Bobby, we've gotten into it a little bit, but you know, you, you've got so many people that you get into it with that you, you forgot that probably. <laughs> well, I enjoy getting into it with, yeah, with, yeah, with yeah. certain people and you're definitely one of them, especially yeah. now that I know you're from Iceland and you're going to help me out with my itinerary. So thank you. Yeah. All right, awesome. <laughs> All yeah. right, brother. Thanks See so much for calling in. All right, man. See, that's that's awesome right there because we know we've known the vault is is international, but to speak to people, you know, through firsthand, you know, it's just cool. Yeah. Shout out to Catherine. Thank you. Thank you for the the super sticker. Let's keep spreading the wealth around here again. Let us know where you're tuning in from and a question that you want us to answer. Christian coming up next here inside the vault on the Bobby Baltimore platforms. Thanks so much for being with us. We've had well over 900 people joining in throughout the entire show. So it's been cool. Today's viewership has been phenomenal. Christian, what's going on, man? Hey guys, thank you so much for having me. I am, um, I'm calling from, believe it or not, Columbus, Ohio. And I just relocated here two weeks ago. And um, Sarah, you know who my company is. I'm not gonna say their name, but if, you're, if your husband's a uh, doctor, they're medical, and you can see the building that landed from outer space. It looks like it landed from outer space from the highway. <laughs> so that being said, I was really trepidatious about uh, wearing a Ravens jersey here. And then you said you did it last week. I was like, oh, you know what? After the game, I'm, I got to run to Marshalls because I just got here. Got to get some things. And I wore this, you know, my Ed Reed jersey. And the looks, it was great. Like, you know, these two girls were like putting their heads down, like adjusting their sunglasses. And then there was a guy with a Cincinnati hat on. He just shook his head like, oh. Jeez. And then there was another guy with a, a chase jersey on and I kept looking at him in line and he wouldn't look back at me. And I was like, you know, I had to smirk. I was like, bite my lip. And then I made contact with another girl in front and she just started laughing. She's like, I know it was just all eye contact. I know what you're doing. So that being said, um, trolling, trolling is what you're doing. And that's what we do as Ravens fans in Columbus. 
Julian, you, and, and Sarah, you'll know you know the, the signs that say leaving corp, entering corp, which is their their definition of the city limits. If if somebody, I know, I'm, of course, I would never deface a public property, but there might be some kid that slaps Raven stickers in between those two words. If you would put them on their show, I might I might get a picture of it, send it to you. Okay. So <laughs> what I was going to actually say, though, was a um, a Brett Favre on the field comparison to Lamar Jackson is that there was a time when, um, you know, you know, when he when he was on his game, he was on his game and we live and die with number eight, no matter how well the defense plays, we still got to score. And he was having an off game and somebody from the defense jumped on him, drove his head into the ground and smashed it into the ground. He got up upset and he came back and won that game. And somebody needs to figure out whatever that is for Lamar. Hopefully it's never him getting his head drove into the ground or anything like that. But I'm saying when he's on, when he's on point, like he was today, we're unstoppable and he does have his off days. So whether it's an electric shock, a song, or I don't know, whatever it is, like somebody's somebody has to figure it out and just, because if when when number eight is is number eight, that's it. Appreciate you for tuning in, Christian. We got to keep things moving just in terms of timing. But uh, the Columbus connection, how about that? Yeah, uh, now we got two. I'm gonna go to Iceland. I got Columbus. All of that. Yeah, it's crazy. Lots of super chats flowing in as well. Uh, one comes in from not sure how to pronounce that first name. Ulsius. Ulsius. Ulysses, I, I'm probably completely. You, I think it, that's but. Ulysses. Okay, Ulysses Brown. Um, can we push the ball upfield some? Horizontal passing game is dreadful at times. Well, we saw the Zay and Lamar kind of improv there, which was obviously spectacular. What forty plus yards? But the last couple of weeks, I guess they haven't taken a ton of shots for sure. I think the second half today. You got to think to yourself, like, you know, the game is in the bag, right? You have to see this team again. And so I don't know if like to go into the vault, right? Greg Roman's former vault, Todd Munkin's vault. You don't want to like reveal anything that you don't feel like you have to yet. It's week four of the season. But I would agree with him in the sense that I'd like to see a few more shots taken like more consistently, but they just didn't need that today. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, listen, I felt like they had them. Um, they had those deep shots uh, against the Bengals. Uh, we saw the one with Zay, but that was more like off um, off script. Um, I'm for it. However, obviously I'm for it. Who's against, you know, connecting on deep plays. What I would like to do, though, is I, I'm, I would like to see if this will be more like a Bengals offense with more deep shots when you have OBJ and Bateman, so you have your full your full wide receiver core. I also feel like, in in some ways, obviously, when when the pass rush is coming at you, the best way to beat it is by hitting a deep shot. But that's more like if you beat it real quick on a cross and or a slant, and then you take it, you know, kind of the house. I just I just didn't see the time for that. These deeper shots, uh, I feel like. I mean, you have Miles Garrett coming off. You don't have Ronnie Stanley. Then Morgus Moses is out. To me, I felt like what Lamar and Todd Munkin did as a duo 
was the right move. I felt like they were able to like do these quick, quick shots, um, whether it was to a running back or to Zay or the one to Mark Andrews. And then if they beat one guy, they're gone because all the other guys were aggressive coming downhill, trying to get to either Lamar or a, or a running back. And so I felt like the strategy was the right one today. I did not want to see Lamar sitting back there waiting for a route to develop with Miles Garrett breathing down his neck. And boy, did Patrick McCary just have his hands full. Yeah. And then you had Morgan, Morgan Moses go down. I don't feel like Filet Lay did a great job initially. I need to go back to see the end. But to me, I was just like, I just want Lamar out of here healthy with his yeah. two tackles down. That's all I wanted. And then you got a 28-3 win on top of it. I'm taking it. It's not the week I'm criticizing the vertical passing game. You got everything you want times two. Joe, he yeah. here. Thanks for the um, thanks for the, uh, the the YouTube super chat. Another one comes in here from Joe. Is the AFC North the worst division in football right now? Well, perhaps some recency bias on that one just slightly because everybody besides the Ravens did not have a good week four. Matter of fact, the Ravens are the only team that won in week four. And because of that, they sit atop the division at three and one overall, which is probably a good time to just share what else happened. I know we mentioned it in the open, but here's how things looked around the AFC North outside of um, Cleveland. Of course, the Ravens take care of the Browns. Houston puts a thumping again, the same Houston team that the Ravens took care of week one, Sarah, they're on but, a little bit of a streak. But right it wasn't now. big enough. So that, so people were upset with that too, but now look what they just did, you know, to other AFC North teams. They're on a little bit of a streak right now, and C.J. Stroud is playing some dang good football. You got a first-year head coach in D'Amico Ryans. They're rolling, and I believe they – I think they retired or they they inducted J.J. Watt into the Ring of Honor today, so I would imagine it was a huge day just for, to have a home game. The crowd was fierce. They take down the Steelers 30-6, to and Mike Tomlin was asked if there's going to be any changes post-game, and he said there's going to be significant changes. In Pittsburgh, the team that the Ravens are traveling to go and play coming up in week five next Sunday. And That's on top of that, there. we got to watch. We got to watch Kenny Pickett because he left the game with a knee injury. And, and thank you. Kenny Pickett left the game with a knee injury. He was ruled out. So that'll be something we'll be monitoring this week, much like we were with Deshaun Watson. And then since he since he got thumped by Tennessee. The Titans beat the Bengals 27 to three. So again, a, a rough day for the other three teams in division, but to answer Joe's question, look, it's, it's, <laughs> you can't get too crazy about one, any given week in the NFL. Yep. Uh, this time last week, we were thinking that this was without question, the best division in all of football. Roquan Smith said it himself this week. Perhaps he's biased because he plays in it, but this is a hard hitting there's a lot of parity in, in this division. And I still think at the end of the day, a couple months from now, we're going to be saying it's, it's one of the best in the league. Well, and Bobby, just to your point on it being a week to week um, league, this is why you cannot get too high or too low. This was a fun game and it was fun to talk about it. And we are passionate and we're going to celebrate this game. We're going to celebrate it, but we're not going to go overboard because if if all the examples you just gave isn't enough, the Miami Dolphins, who put up 70 last week, how much did they just lose to the Bills by this week? I, I think over 20. Like it's a it is a week to week league and you can. They lost by 28. Woof. I have that right. 
40, yeah. 40 to 28. Yeah. See, you or, can sorry, do sorry, math. 48 to 20. Gosh. Yeah. So lost 20. by 28. All right. Yeah. So, but point being like, you could just have these incredible swings, which is why you can't after last week when we know what went wrong and it's an easy fix yep. to go from that to this, where you're just pounding it, but you can't go overboard because there was no Deshaun. This is not, this is not going to be the same cast that we're going to see when these two teams meet up again. Deshaun Watson, but the Ravens hopefully are going to have a, a host of players back too. We went over all the guys that were missing. So let's enjoy the win. Let's celebrate the win, but let's not get too far ahead of ourselves. Prepare for Steelers. But I tell you what, Bobby, I will celebrate a little extra if the Ravens do beat the Steelers and they went three and O on the road against division opponents, the Ravens could drop it next week and still be in good shape. But if they somehow come out three and O on all three division games, Woo! That would be a start. You know, it's funny too. I just saw a comment. <laughs> Joe, Joe clarifies the question was right now, which we didn't necessarily answer. So, so you know, touche, Joe. But uh, what was it? He was like the question he was referring to. Are they? Is it the worst division right now in this moment? And oh. <laughs> you know, it's just funny. I mean, you know, point point taken there. But uh, we ran with it and just talked about sort of a you know the collective seventeen game, eighteen week type of. Uh, conversation big picture but anyway quite honestly joe we we haven't been able to watch all the games today so we can't fairly answer that at all we've been all in on baltimore all day long so uh apparently marlon humphrey and we'll finish here marlon humphrey um made the trip and that meant there was an instagram live from the plane and that <laughs> meant course. that justin tucker made a cameo yes right um, you know, big team win. Yes. Uh, yes. You know, we walk in the trap and take over the trap. Yes, we do. And uh, Marlon, if you would. Uh... Oh, that was it. Okay. I don't. What does that mean? Yes. Um, you know, big team win. Yes. Uh, you yes. Know, we walk in the trap and take over the trap. Yes, we do. And uh, Marlon, if you would. Uh... What is the trap? Trap game? Did he say? Did he say fifteen wins? Is this all? This is the was dangers it? of adding adding things late. I thought he said that they got 15 wins. I was like, wait a minute, what? Let's Play one more time, Bobby. I'm just yeah. This is like live. This is like live streaming right here. The reality of live streaming. Let's see. Yes, yes. Uh, um, you know, big team win. Yes, uh, yes. You know, we walk in the trap and take over the trap. Yes, we do. And uh, Marlon, if you would. Uh... Okay, uh, team know. win, not 15. Big big team win. Yeah, but what's the right. trap? You're walking into like I'm so confused. Trap um, game? Anyway. Did people think it was a uh, no? It couldn't have been a trap game because trap games are after you have big wins. I don't know. <laughs> I, we will definitely. Hey, how about this? Our next morning vault, we'll get the best. The, we'll get the best from that live stream. Oh wait a second. Okay, hold on. Maurice says. Uh, Stephanie says big team win for sure. Maurice says the trap is their house. <laughs> really? Is that like? Is it not the dog pound? I don't have any context on this at all. I feel so I feel so clueless right now. That's Can we hilarious. close down the show? Can we close Trap down house? the vault? Let's leave the vault. <laughs> Trap house? Is that seriously what it is? If that's the case, that is insane. Anyway, JT9 doing. Oh, like it literally means it's it's like slang. We're we're just not oh, up with yeah. the with the slang, Bobby. Oh, that's we're so idiots. funny. First it <laughs> first it was it was Kyle Hamilton, the uh, you know, low-key mid. Now it's this. I mean, I I'm not even 30 yet, and I'm out here feeling like grandpa status, which I can only imagine what that makes you feel like, older sis. <laughs> oh. 
Oh, Dang, man. you just called me ancient, basically, but that's okay. I gotta talk to my kids about this one. I expect my high schooler to keep me on on point here, but he failed on this one. The reference there for those, was, I sent you a screenshot of somebody who commented on one of our videos this week saying like, I love how Sarah puts Bobby in his place. It's the classic older, younger sibling relationship. Yeah, I, was yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. I can go yeah, with that. Yeah, no, that's good. It's good. Before we close, today's post-game show is brought to you exclusively by CyberTech, a next-generation local recruiting, resourcing, and outsourcing firm. A new way to acquire resources. Whether you're in need of new hires, contingent staff, or just seeking to outsource a business or technical function, CyberTech is the organization for you. If you're in need of resources and candidates and don't have the time to sift through dozens of resumes, CyberTech is a company that really understands your needs and presents candidates that are not in the open market within 48 hours. CyberTech has over 40 years of combined experience in working with some of the largest organizations, both in the Baltimore area and nationally. So if you're interested, you'll meet myself, Sarah, and the CyberTech team for a virtual introduction. And you can get started by emailing the address that we have included in the show notes below. And thanks to CyberTech for getting it done for us, not only in post-game format, but also inside the vault with Roquan Smith, which is returning to our airwaves tomorrow that is monday october 2nd at a to be determined time very much looking forward to that and anything else before we go from you uh, we need it someday marcel asks when y'all getting some mods <laughs> that would we we need lots of things on this show but this is a two-person operation some mods uh, yeah <laughs> moderators <laughs> moderators yeah we do we do need that unreal All right Let's shut this down. Oh, it's brutal. Absolutely brutal. Oh, my gosh. What a way to finish. Just limping to the finish line here. We've already <laughs> hey, shouted out. We started out. strong. We started strong. We were so high out. We just basically gave up a field goal at the end, but we still won this. We won the We won this stream by like 27 points. But, you know, that's how I feel. Unbelievable. Join the Vault Patreon community if you haven't already done so. It's a great way to interact with us. It's a great way to support us. It's also a great way to get some incentive in as well. Whether you're a small business owner or somebody that just wants to hear your name shouted out on a monthly basis, go check out what we're offering by visiting patreon.com forward slash Ravens vault podcast. So big thanks to CyberTech. Big thanks to all of you, all 900 plus deep. It was an awesome show. Uh, we will be back, of course, on Tuesday morning. This will be Monday morning's vault edition as always, but we'll be back actually on Monday afternoon with Roquan's episode and then a Tuesday morning vault as well. And all of a sudden, we'll turn the page to week five, which is a trip to Pittsburgh to face the Steelers coming up next Sunday. And then I hit the road from London. Lots of content to come. It will be crazy with the time change, but we will find a way to make it work because we've done it before. So for my co-host and partner, Sarah Ellison, I'm Bobby Trossett signing off from this instant reaction episode. The Ravens are winners. They're in three and one now with a 28 to three convincing dub on the road in Cleveland. It's a big one for the division. It's a big one for the early part of this season. We will catch you guys later on tomorrow.